Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. And that is pronounced our, but when you say it fast, sometimes it comes out as R. So it's not the letter R, it's our. Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. My name is Sam Spellman. Thank you so much for joining and listening to the podcast. Um, this is a conversation, like I said, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. What I endeavor to do, if this is your first time listening, is just read the Word of God, read the Scripture, and just let the Holy Ghost break it down and make it you know, palatable for us and for our ears, because it's important we understand what the Scripture is saying and have ears to hear properly and catch context. But Today, before we get into it, I do want to let you guys know, check the description of the podcast or the show notes and find information about myself and my family. There's website links, there's social media links. If you have any questions about who I am, what we're doing, what our ministry's doing, anything of that regard, feel free to look at those links. And if you feel like leaving a review, that is always appreciated because it helps the podcast get out. Share it with your friends. If you think this is really cool and awesome and it blesses you. Please feel free to do that. That is always appreciated. So without a further ado, let's have a, a drum roll. That's not a drum roll, but we're just going to pretend like I got a drum roll. <laughs> we're going to read out of Jude today. Um, this is the book right before Revelation. It's in the New Testament. If you've never read it, it is one chapter. Um, you, It is very possible to just read through this book in one sitting. Like I said, it is one chapter. So in in Jude verse eight, I'm going to read something, and I want to I want to talk about this because this is um, something that I've noticed. The topic that I'm going to discuss today, something that I've noticed, is very common in America, um, specifically like Western culture. Um, the Bible talks about like the Greeks and the Jews, and so there's kind of a difference between the world and, and the Greek or the Western way of thinking. So I want to I want to get into some of that because there's something here that I think is is a um it's like a little it's like a little snake that just tries to sneak into our lives and uh end up stealing things. It's like one of those little fo- little foxes. The Bible talks about the little foxes are the things that spoil the vine. It's not necessarily the most dramatic thing, but it is something that is very important that we are on guard on. So Sam, what is it? I say you know this tension is building. What is it we're going to talk about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, in the, Jude chapter 1, the only chapter, says this in verse 8. Likewise, these people, this is talking about people who are going towards judgment that have been, you know, that have made their decision to not follow Christ and to live a rebellious, disobedient lifestyle in their sin, right? They're, these people with their visions, defile their own flesh, which another word for that would be imaginations. In other words, what's going on between their eyes? They they dwell on these things, and they defile their own bodies, and they despise godly authority, and they insult angelic beings. Verse 9, when Michael, one of the ruling angels, took issue with the adversary, the devil, arguing over the body of Moses, he, as an angel, right? This is, we're talking about Michael archangel. You know, I don't have time to get into any of the the theology on that. Just think, very high up angel that has been mentioned throughout scripture, Michael. He says this, he did not dare bring against him, talking about the devil himself, any insulting charge. But he said, may Adonai rebuke you. Then continuing to verse 10, however, these people, talking about the people that have chosen 
that have dwelt in their imaginations on sin, on evil things. They have chosen to rebel against God, right? They've, they have made the active conscious decision to, to just push back, or they just chose to live in their debauchery, right? However, these people, they insult anything that they do not understand, and what they do not understand naturally without thinking like animals, these by these things they are destroyed. So there's this reality that as you reject truth, you become more carnal and you become more animalistic, right? There's no um, tact to your words. There's no love in your words because that's what separates us from from animals. There's the love of God, the the image of God that we have been given that changes and transforms things. So, but but I want to go back to on this the the insulting charge. He did not bring against him an accusation or an insulting charge. Insults. I think that's that's kind of the the topic that just kind of raised up in my heart to talk about is is how easy it is to make especially I know for me and I'm just going to speak out of personal experience here it's very easy for me because of just culture and the humor that is pretty widely accepted in American culture in western culture is very sarcastic humor a lot of insults um badgering back and forth berating back and forth you know those kinds of jokes they become the it's like the the centerpiece specifically of Western, it's how far can you push the insult without really offending somebody? That's kind of this line that you see a lot of stand-up comedians um, dance around, and that that becomes the push. Is well, how how far is it? Can you insult without really insulting? How far can you can you bring this in? And, and that desire and that push of culture and of the spirit of this age, it creates uh, difficulty for us as believers and those who follow Christ, because Christ is not one who just insults. You know, and and if we hear Christ's words and we read the Gospels and we hear it through that filter, that whenever He's bringing a correction or He's addressing something, or God in the Old Testament when He's addressing something, He's not doing it from an insulting place. He's not doing it from an insulting attitude. You know, that's that's a completely different perspective. And honestly, especially reading the Old Testament, if we bring back, you know, some of these judgments, which Jude talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Actually, just running up to these verses that I read, you know, those places, that was not just because it was an insult or God was just coming at it because he was offended or upset. No, he was cleansing things because that kind of debauchery and self, like, again, destroying your own flesh, you know, these things that are abominations, it's because they are destructive to love's purposes. I'm going to say that again. The reason why the judgment is so severe is because these things are abominations to love. They are so drastically in the opposite direction of how true love operates. The Bible says this, that God is love, right? So if love operates a certain way, then anything that love would hate or God hates is not loving. So this reality here, the, the, the truth, again, like he's saying, that he didn't even bring an insulting charge. That love doesn't operate this way. Love does not insult like that. Again, that's a completely different perspective, and it's a big shift even in our hearts to make sure that when we're listening, we're listening with the right ears. Because I'm trying to think of the specific statistic. I believe it's around 80% or something. You're, you'll have to do some research on it. I, I don't want to get it wrong off the top of my head. But it is over half. I'm, I know that for sure. It's over 50%. Of communication is based on listening. 
In other words, are we listening from a clean ear? You know, and, and, and a lot of times it's easy to stand on a soapbox and begin telling people, well, the problem is you're not hearing me, right? That's, that's, a, that's a very easy response. You see someone arguing, what is it? Well, you're just, you're just not listening to me. Well, full well, they're probably hearing every word that's being said, but the filter that they're listening through can create some confusion and can actually change a completely innocent statement into one that is completely offended and just warped. So that's that's why even when you read Scripture, the Bible is very specific about one dealing with their own heart, not just dealing with other people's hearts. Oh, well, you know, it's my job to police my family, or it's my job to police my friends. No, no, no. Holy Spirit. <laughs> I just thought of that one lady. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> Sorry. The Holy Spirit is the one who is our teacher, right? Jesus said, I am sending one like myself. Jesus was a very fluent teacher. He was very peaceable. Children wanted to be around him. He would he he functioned in a lot of things. And so the person of Holy Spirit who we receive, right? If you've been born again and you receive the Holy Spirit to live within you, to dwell with you, right? Until the day where Jesus returns. There's this indwelling of of the spirit of wisdom and we have to learn to function in that because that's always going to be in a loving place. It's not going to be coming from this, you know, outward place. It's okay. I now have the power, the grace and the responsibility and the responsibility. I'm sorry. I'm talking probably a little fast. I do apologize. That this the Holy Spirit which dwells within us, right? This is a supernatural reactor. Jesus, um the woman at the well, she comes to him and she said, you know, he's talking about, "Can you give me a drink of water?" and this woman goes, you know, well, you know, you don't have a bucket. How are you going to get water? Well, he says, you know, there's this conversation that goes back forth. I'm not going to try to quote at all. But he comes to the point where he says, well, if you knew who was standing here, you would ask me for a drink of water and I would give you living water. So there's this this change of living water. The Bible talks about the spirit being like a river which bubbles up. So there's this reality that there is there is power available. There's grace available. There is breath available to speak into things, to change things in our lives first before we we begin policing the world. And if we are people that are heavy insulters or slanderers or sarcastic, um, I believe sarcasm is right in the same vein of this. And when I say this, I say this in complete humility because it's something that I personally still am letting the Lord work on. Um, this is something that I'm actively, you know, this is something the Lord's just honestly working on me with because sarcasm and sarcastic comments are not truthful in the in the core of who they are. And the Lord's really been working because this is, again, something that is very common that I have personally noticed in America and in Western civilization. You see it all over, but specifically even when it comes to humor, right? And if the thing that is supposed to be creating our joy our humor, right? We're we're creating laughs out of this. We're supposed to be sparking joy from humor, but that humor is actually rooted in selfish manipulation and divisiveness and lies and schemes, right? Because sarcasm, all it is, is it's a scheme to get someone to do what you want. Why am I being sarcastic? Like, say my brother, we're, we go back and forth in the house when we were younger. We we would like one of us would do the dishes you know, for a week, and then the next one would do the dishes the next week, and we would alternate when we were younger. Okay, so say I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, and and uh, the dishes are in the sink, 
and I walk by, and I know it's not my day to do them, but, you know, I don't want to go and just say, Dan, do the dishes. Well, because, you know, he's my brother. It's not like I'm his parent. But what I do have is I have sarcasm, and it's a tool that I can use. I can walk by and go, wow, look at how clean this sink is, right? So then I'm throwing shame, and I'm heaping guilt and shame as a motivator to manipulate my brother, you know, do the dishes. Instead of being clean and honest and just coming and saying, hey, you know, I know I'm not, you know, mom or dad, and I don't want to just come and just tell you what to do all the time, but I did notice that, hey, there's some dishes in the sink. I know this is your week. Excuse me. I know this is your week, and I just want to, you know, give you a heads up. Might want to get those done, or maybe I'd start working on them soon. Don't forget. Something like that. That's a completely different conversation than coming at it. Man, look at how clean these dishes are. I don't think I've ever seen a cleaner kitchen ever. And right in front of him, not to mention if I do that in front of other people, it creates a public peer pressure, right, of shame. It's not a loving motivator. So that sarcasm and those sarcastic comments, they come from a place, you know, of trying to get superiority because even in that point, why would I have to make such a drilling comment to my brother? Is he that, you know, do I have to make him feel bad? Is that, you know, is that my intent or do I just get a kick out of his reaction? Well, why? Because I feel better about myself whenever he, that's, it's bullying 101. And these things, it seems like, well, I'm not malicious in it, but if it becomes a habit, before we know it, our heart can become calloused to these things and not even realize that we're hurting people that our words are affecting, that our words are are cutting, and that we're actually producing death in people's hearts and in their minds, and ultimately creating a mistrust in the relationship. Because if someone's so sarcastic that you can't believe whether they're genuinely concerned about you or not, because you don't know if they're trying to just play a joke on you, that creates mistrust. And there's no intimate, true relationship there. The relationship is just skin deep. And that is not how God operates. God wants intimate relationships. He wants healthy relationships. Because again, why did he send his son? Was to restore relationship with him. And if that's the difference between us and any other carnal being, right? You look on the earth, all the other carnal animals, they don't have relationship like we do. They don't speak in language and commune like we get the chance to commune. That's something that we got that is just like the Father. So that should be something that we should probably protect. That's something we we as people should be aware. Hey, this is valuable. This is something we gotta we should steward this in our homes. We should steward this in our relationships. Again, our friends, our workplace, wherever. This is something we can all begin working on today. And I believe it's very practical and very helpful. Um, I know it's something again, like I said, that the Lord has just been working with me on, specifically in that sarcastic element. Insults can be a very broad span, you know, like we were talking about earlier. But again, specifically when it when it comes down to a sarcastic comment, let's just be aware. Um, again, I don't say that just to shame you guys or make you feel if, you've, if this is something that you're struggling with. Hey, let's be encouraged. Let's let the Holy Spirit and let's let the grace of God come upon our lives because where things are exposed, where there's light, there's grace to turn around because God doesn't just expose things to shame us. He exposes things so that he can clean our heart and get that darkness and that uck that's maybe in our soul that might be hiding around in one of them crannies back in our brain somewhere. He wants to clean that out and he wants us to be able to live a pure and confident life before him and before people. So that's about all I had for today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, Again, like I said in the very beginning, you want to check the description 
or the show notes of the podcast for more information about myself, my family, as well as anything you want me to talk about or anything like that with the podcast, feel free to use those resources in the description and leave a review if you feel so inclined. That is appreciated as well. So also, I'm going to tag this. You made it to the end of this one. If you have not noticed, there has been a couple shows that have not had introductions and outros. I am working on doing a, a new um, intro outro. So I do apologize for that and um, be aware that relatively soon that should be coming in the next few weeks. I have uh, been very busy and haven't had time to sit down and compose a little intro outro. But when I get the chance, it is coming. So do not fret. It will be there. So um, yeah, thank you so much again for listening. And of course, the Lord loves you. He wants you prospering. He wants you strong. And again, he wants you confident in your relationships where you know that, man, my conscience is clear and I'm doing everything I can to love my neighbor. So with that being said, love you guys, and I will see you next time on Roar.